You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning. Can you guys hear me? All right. Sorry about that. Uh, it's good to be here with you guys. Uh, my name is DK, Daniel Kim, and I have the privilege to uh, lead our singles ministry here. Um, and I just love our, our singles ministry. Uh, we're a, we're a, a group of friends here that I really respect. And uh, when you put us together, uh, we love to eat. And uh, we love to hang out. And that's exactly what we did uh, yesterday. Uh, we had our regional event that uh, South Bay Singles hosted uh, for all our sister churches from Long Beach and uh, the West Side. And it was a good time. You know, we, you can never go wrong when you got burgers, hot dogs, and uh, uh, Betty's uh, homemade sauce. You know, it's good. And uh, we just had a good time. And then we had, to, uh, we had a big projector, and we got to watch the new Beauty and the Beast. And uh, so it was a good time. The only thing, uh, only thing that we didn't like, it was so hot yesterday, right? So, um, but it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, but I just wanted to share some uh, good news here uh, for our singles. We actually... Oh, it's not on? There we go. I want to show you guys the good news if I can get there. There we go. So we got Mike and Fernanda who just started dating. You guys can stand up so they know who you guys are. Bro, is Fernanda now sitting next to you? Like out of all Sundays? (laughs) Oh, she's serving. Okay, great. Okay, that's that's a good excuse. That's a good excuse. That's what the lesson's about today, so that's awesome. Uh, and that was just a good time, too. Uh, that was last Sunday. It feels like it was longer, but uh, we did it at, uh, uh, what did we do it at? We did it at uh, Shoreline Village. Thank you, Mike. And it was good because uh, Mike was asking her to be his girlfriend. I'm not going to put you on blast, Mike, but were you nervous? He was a little nervous. But it helped because if you guys look, there was a sign that says, will you be my girl? And so it helps. That's why signs are always good. In case you forget. <laughs> uh, but just want to recap, we've been learning about our sermon series called uh, Hashtag Wisdom. And really what that is about is, you know, the differences between the worldly wisdom versus God's wisdom. Right. And there's so much worldly wisdom out there and things that aren't really true uh, biblically. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We had a great lesson last week from Andy Wenji. Uh, we talked about uh, sex, divorce and the single life. And it was really good, and I really appreciated his lesson. Uh, so today, our lesson is going to be on life in the body of Christ. Okay, Life in the body of Christ. Does anyone have a Costco membership here? Oh, yeah. I have the white one. Does anyone have the black one? Oh, man, I'm jealous. I don't know what that does, but I know it's better. <laughs> I know it's called an executive member, right? I think it gives you better deals. I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I don't think I can afford that one. But um, anyways, I love Costco. I don't know about you guys. I love the fact that I can go in the store. I can buy anything I want from clothes to shoes to food to frozen food to fresh food. And it's amazing. And I love that we can buy things in bulk. You know, last week in uh, – oh, what's going on here? Last week in uh, – in, I don't think this is working here. There you go. Yeah, you might need to click for me. I don't think this is turning on. Okay, thank you. So, um, yeah, so last week I went to the store, and this is what I saw. In the, uh, in the Torrance Costco, you can even buy it in bulk now. Yeah, it's like $100. I'm just kidding. 
Hey, all the, some of the sisters are like, oh, we're going there today. Um, thank you. And uh, can you change this to the next slide for me? The one before that? Thank you. Uh, but you know what they really do have is samples, right? Who likes samples here? That's everybody's hands. And it's funny because when I, when I still go to Costco, I used to do this more when I was a college student. But when I still go to college, uh, when I still go to Costco, um, and I have a job now, but when I was in college, I didn't. I used to go to the samples, and then, you know how they, like, explain what the product is? They tell you, oh, this is what this is, and it's really good, it's on sale. Uh, and I used to ask them, like, where is it? And they'll say, like, it's two aisles on the left. I'm like, okay, I'll just get the food, and I won't get it, right? Yeah. And, um, and sometimes I'll come back, I'll, I'll get some from my friend, and I'll get it, and it's for me, right? <laughs> but let's be real, we've all done that, right? And uh, it's just funny because when you put food in front of you and it's free, people will do anything to just get it. And if you look at that Asian lady in the middle, she looks so fascinated at that blender. It's funny because we've all seen things blended, but she looks so fascinated like she's never seen it. She just wants a free sample. That's what she really wants. I can say that because I'm Asian, so that's my own people here. <laughs> But the Costco membership is amazing. Uh, I love it because I can get so many things. Uh, I can get the gas discounted. If I want to return the food, I can return it as long as it's not perishable. And it has all these benefits. And uh, some of us have memberships at other places, like at a gym or like a country club. And I also have a 24-hour uh, fitness membership. And uh, I try to go. And um, there's basketball courts, there's saunas, there's steam rooms. Uh, you get free towels, you get access to the shower, um, and it's all these cool benefits. I like, I love that. I love the fact that you get so much with your membership. Um, and, you know, we all begin to think, you know, this is what membership means. You know, it means perks. Membership means privileges. Membership means others will serve me. And, you know, but, you know, I'm afraid, tragically, you know, this worldview of understanding of membership can also seep into our church culture if we're not careful, right? Um, you know, sadly, if we're not careful, some of us have forgotten really what church membership is. You know, I can just pay the going rate. You know, I'll have everyone else take care of me and serve me, and I'll have a life of leisure. But is that what Jesus said? Is that what Jesus said the church is going to be or Christianity? No, he said it's far from that. It's not about being comfortable. It's not about other people serving you. You know, and it's so easy to feel entitled. I know I, I can do it sometimes, when I, uh, but when you go to church, you get critical, like, oh, that sermon is too long. It was like 10 minutes too long for me. Or, you know what, I had a big football game to watch after uh, Sunday, and I can't watch it now. Or, I don't like his preaching style. You know, it's a little too much for me. Or, you know what, I don't like the song selection today. You know, so I'm going to tune myself out, because I've heard this like 100 times. Right. And so we can, you know, if we're not careful, we can become this consumer Christianity, like Christian. that we just want it's me, me, me. Like we come to church and like, how can I be given? And, you know, the church is here to serve me, help me save my marriage, save my kids, listen to my sin, counsel me. And, you know, the, the, the good news is the church does do that. Amen. Amen. We do that. And, and I love how the church gives. But my point is. You know, for people who have the wrong view, membership is about something about receiving instead of giving. It's about being served instead of serving. You know, it's instead of having rights, it's about having responsibility. 
Instead of, instead of feeling entitled, you want to sacrifice. Amen? That's what the church is supposed to look like. And you know, when Paul was talking about this exact problem in the church of Corinth, there was all this division inside the church. It was a young church, um, but people were all just doing different things. And, and the, the problem was, they were in this big city, you know, at Corinth, and the city of Corinth was like a city comparable to today. Uh, it's like L.A. It was like New York. And their culture kind of influenced their church a little bit. And so they took the world culture and brought it into the church. And I say that because we can relate to that a little bit, can't we? And so the Corinthians were conforming to the behavior patterns of the larger society. And in the first letter, Paul urges them to foster a sense of being different than the world. So I want to ask you guys, what does the Bible say about membership? What is the Bible's view of church membership? You know, there are many places in the New Testament that talks about what the church is supposed to look like. And one of the stories I love is when Paul talks about uh, the body being made up of many parts. You guys know that scripture? And that's what we're going to touch in today. So if you guys can, thank you. So the, the Greek word for church is ecclesia. That means assembly or gathering of Christian believers. Right? It's a group of Christians believing in God that want to make a difference. Amen? And it's used 115 times in the New Testament. So do you think God was trying to get our attention about what the church is supposed to be? Absolutely. It was there 115 times. Can we go to the next slide? Thank you. It works. Thanks, Gina. It's Gina, right? Gianna, sorry. Just kidding. Gina's the other one. (laughs) Well, my first point is church membership is a gift. You know, you can't have body in the living Christ without realizing that church is a gift. You know, church, church membership is a gift and it should be treasured. It's not a legalistic obligation. It's not a, a source of entitlement, but it's a gift from God. And we're going to see where uh, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 and 28. It reads, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, the miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. So he says, you are the body of Christ, and each one is a part of it. So there's many parts. But the part I really want you guys to notice is that, you know, this is when we're added to the kingdom of God. So what is the church? Who is the church? Well, it's God's son. It's God's daughters. It's the brothers. It's the sisters. You know, we're the church. You, me, we, us. We all make up the church. Amen? And for, you know, any of the visitors that are wondering, you know, what does it mean to be a member? Well, you have to become a disciple of Christ. You have to repent of your sins, and you have to be baptized for forgiveness of your sins and make Jesus Lord of your life. And it's the best day of your life if you've been baptized. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 16, it says, This is why, since I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. Did you guys catch why Paul was so thankful for the church? It was because the disciples showed faith and love to all the brothers and sisters. It was their love. And that's why Paul was so thankful for that. You know, there's a quote. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more you will want to express it through your actions and your service. Zig Ziglar.
You know, I love the fact that our church, one of the things I'm really grateful for is the fact that we are made up of so many different parts. You know, we have the, the preteens, we got the teens, the singles, the marrieds, and we've got empty nesters. I love how we're all our each own ministry, and we're so different in different walks of life, but we all have the same thing in common. We all make up the church. And there's a picture I just showed you. It's called International Intergenerational Bridge. Okay, so you see the grandma and the little kid with the mohawk. It's about bridging the gap. You know, we are all part of something so much more. It's not just the teen ministry, the singles ministry, or the marrieds. We're all together. We, all, we don't function by itself without together. And I love the fact that we, get, so we have so much wisdom inside this church. So much wisdom from the young to the older. Um, and a lot of people, you know, uh, in, in this country, um, I say this country and I'm from here. Um, I uh, visited Korea for a one-year challenge back in 2009, 2010, and I got to live in Korea, Seoul, Korea, and I got to help with their campus ministry out there. And it was such a good experience for me because when I went, um, the culture was so different. You know, first, everyone looked like me, so that was different. Uh, Everybody was Asian. Um, But second, it was just the fact that how much respect they had for the older culture. They really highly esteem the older culture. You know, they don't push them out. They don't put them into uh, senior uh, citizen uh, uh, shelters or uh, centers like that. Um, and they really speak to them with the utmost respect. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed here is, you know, whenever you walk to a Starbucks or a coffee shop, how many times do you see a younger person hanging out with someone older? You know, it's not too common. It's not too common. And so what I love about our church is that we do. We try our best that there's so much wisdom that can be shared interchangeably. You know, I love the uh, people ahead of me, people that like Steve Marici or people that have been ahead of me in life. They've been married. They've had a secular job. You know, they're in places that I want to be one day. I want to pick their brains. All right. Uh, they have the mature uh, maturity and stability. Some of you guys have been disciples way longer than me. And I love that. I respect that. Your faith inspires me. And I also love the food that the marrieds give you, you know. You know, when you come in and they invite you over, they love to stuff your faces. You know, so I love making those appointments. I'm like, yes, get to hang out with a married. You know, and even the younger Christians, we get to re-energize you guys. Some of the, the younger Christians, with their faith and their zeal, you know, it's a together, it's a synergy. Amen? Uh, but with all that being said, you know, there is no perfect church. You know, at the end of the day, we're all sinners. You know, if you stay here long enough, I'm going to sin against you. And you're going to sin against me. You know, feelings are going to get hurt. Um, you might feel offended. And that's just, the, that's just because we're sinners. You know, but the good thing is we don't have to be perfect. Because you know why? Jesus is perfect. And Jesus is what holds us together. No matter what differences we have, Jesus is the glue. So I want to give you guys a challenge here. You know, it's easy to be critical. But I want you guys to help and, you know, kind of focus your heart on making a list of reasons why you are thankful for the church, for the South Bay Church. You know, make a list. Think about it. Don't just do it really quick. Uh, you know, when you have some time this week and you get away and you're spending time with God, think about what you're grateful for here. List as many as you can. You know, what I'm grateful for our church is just the diversity. I look in this room and it's so different. you got so many ethnicities, so many different cultures. And you guys know that's not common. You know, when I talk to some of my friends from other churches, they scratch their heads. They're like, how do you guys have that? That doesn't make any sense. 
You know, I'm so grateful for that. You know, I'm also grateful for just the, the loyal friendships and the, the, the families that are the spiritual and that model what it means to be a body of Christ. You know, I love that, that we have examples to look at. And I also love the fact that we're not, we, we're not afraid to preach the truth to each other in love. Amen? I love the fact that if I need to work on something, a brother talks to me, that I can listen to him. Right? I love that, that we don't sugarcoat things, we don't just say things that we don't want to offend the other person. We want to speak to the truth in love. Amen? Amen. So what are you grateful for? Write those down. And then secondly, I want you guys to pray for the church and how it can be used for God's glory. Pray for it. How often do you pray for our church? You know, this is our, this is our congregation. This is our, our community. You know, we should be praying about this every single day. You know, I try every morning when I drive to work, I pray for our church. You know, but it has to be intentional because if I think, you know what, I'm going to eventually pray for my church, it just won't happen. You know, let's pray for our church. Let's pray that God can use us and use each one of us. Amen? A second point today is when you're, uh, there's life in the body of Christ when you're a functioning church member. Let me read that again. There's life in the body of Christ when you're a functioning church member. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 26, I did not put this on the, the screen, so you're going to have to look up this one. Um, so go ahead and turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 4 to 26. Say amen when you get there. Amen? Not enough amen. amen uh, amens here. There we go. Okay. All right, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now, to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To there is given through the Spirit is a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. He distributes each one of them just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it's with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made of one part, but of many. Now the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. We're going to read our last three, uh, four scriptures here. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. 
But God has put, put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And I love this passage. I mean, it talks about the body, and it talks about how there's so many different parts. Right? And, and it's all about that each body part has a function. You know, when I think about my gym membership and I go work out, it's just about me, right? I go work out. I work on my shoulders. I try to work on my biceps. You know, I hate leg day. But it's all about me, right? And when I'm done, if I forget to uh, put the weights back or if I forget to wipe my sweat off the machine, I don't have to do it. You know why? Because when I leave, someone else will do that for me, right? So it, does, it just stops there. But with the church, it doesn't work that way. If we don't do anything, it affects our church. You know, there's no such thing as a non-functioning church member. It doesn't exist. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's an oxymoron. You know, just like that passage was talking about, I love it. It says that the feet can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The feet can't say, like, oh, I don't get to grab things like you do. So you know what? I'm not that valuable. No, without the feet, you can't even get to where you need to grab, right? All of it works together. You know, if we don't have each other, nothing will work. Nothing will happen. You know, each part must do its work or else the whole body suffers. You know, some of the disciples in the church of Corinth were thinking, well, you know what? Nobody's going to notice me. What difference will it make if I'm serving or using my talents? You know, and some of us might be feeling the same way. You know, we can start to compare ourselves to others. Like, you know what? I'm not like this person. I don't sing like Brian Craig or Joe Perez or play the guitar like them, so no one's going to see me. You know, I can't teach like Brian or, or I can't come up here and speak or I, I'm not a really good leader. And so we classify ourselves and try to make ourselves lower. You know, we feel insecure because we feel like we don't make a difference. But I want to ask you guys, have you guys ever had a paper cut? How's that feel? It hurts. You know, even if you have the tiniest paper cut, you feel it. I feel like those bleed the worst. Right? They just like start bleeding uncontrollably. But you feel it. No matter how small it is, it's still at the back of your mind. You know, I had a paper cut at work, and I was talking to a client, and it was like bugging me. I was like, man, I can't, I can't focus. Maybe it's because I'm just a weenie. But, um, but it, it, it catches your attention. It catches your attention. You know, no matter how small it is, you know, it, it, it's still important. And in verse 22 to 26, it says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. You know, I think about the parts of the body. You know, you got the eye, you got the hand, you got the feet. But you know what else I think about? I think about the heart. I think about the lungs. I think about the kidneys. And guess what? You can't see those, can you? I can't look at your lungs and you can't look at my lungs. Unless we had an x-ray machine. Right? But those are the most vital organs. The ones you can't see. Because without those, the body would not be able to function. The hand doesn't even matter at that point. Nor does the eye. If you can't breathe. You know, even the smallest parts like your pinky toes are important. You know, guys, without your pinky toes, you, you, it'll be hard to have your balance. I'll be like falling over this way. You know, it's, even the smallest parts make a difference. 
Guys, how ridiculous would it be if we were all ears? If we're all just ears, it would be ridiculous. You know, nothing will be able to function correctly. You know, how would the church look like if everyone was like you? How would the South Bay church look if everyone was like you? It could be good. There's some, I'm sure there's some aspects that are good. I'm sure there's some parts that probably are not the best. You know, how many souls would be saved if everybody in the church was exactly like you? How would the, the worship be if everyone was like you? If it was like me, it would be terrible. How would our contribution be to help the church? Now, some of us, it might, we might have some areas that, we, you know, it would be great. But there's other parts that, you know, we wouldn't really be able to contribute to because that's not our gift. And that's not our strength. And so that, this is what Paul was telling them about, that nobody has all, this, all the gifts. There's not one person in here that has every gift. I don't care how talented you are. You don't have all the gifts. And everyone doesn't have the same gift either. We're all different. And so Paul was correcting the Corinthians' thinking. Their thinking was just, you know, I don't matter. But Paul is telling them, you know what, with Jesus you do matter. We all have a part. Amen? The second thing Paul was also correcting was their pride. The Corinthians were prideful. Very prideful. There were divisions amongst the church. Some were saying, I follow Apollo. Some were saying, I follow Paul. And there were just all these different divisions. So Paul was also correcting the pride. You know, the person that thinks, I'm better than you. You know, I serve more than that person, so I guess I'm better. Or at least I use my gifts. Those people don't even use gifts. Or more importantly, I don't feel the need of others around me. You know, if you don't feel like I need the church or that Bible talk or that mission point, Paul is speaking to you. Actually, God put those people in your life for a reason. You know, there's so, like I said before, there's so much wisdom in this church here. Uh, I, I love the fact that anybody you can talk to can encourage you. Now, no one's better than anybody. You know, the people that you don't talk to could be a walking miracle that you never talk at church. They could, God could use that person to talk to you. But because you never talk to them, you might not experience that. You know, a unified church member sees that they belong and that they're need for others. You know, one of the lessons I learned early on when I first became a Christian in Long Beach, was that we had a young Christians class. And the point of that young Christians class was that they wanted to really emphasize really what the body was and that you want to try to get yourself grafted into the body as soon as possible, right, and to serve. And I remember one of the points I always remember uh, they mentioned was engage to meet the needs. Engage to meet the needs. You know, to graft yourself in the body of Christ, finding a place to serve, you know, we all do our best spiritually when we give, don't we? When we're focused on others and not ourselves, it helps. You know, it helps. You know, how do you feel when, when, when you, when you uh, uh, serve the community? How do you feel when you invite somebody over and, and show hospitality? How do you feel when you show somebody the Bible and show them Jesus? Hopefully you feel good, right? Hopefully you feel that you're making a difference. And that's what God wants. You know, Paul could have used any analogy, but he used a human body. Because each part is so important. A unified church member sees that they belong to the need for others. So I want to ask you guys, how do you respond when someone asks you to join Kids Kingdom? Okay, that's good. All right. We all got to be like that. <laughs> you know, what's your reply when someone asks you to help with ushering, hauling, or setting up? Hey, bro, can you set up this for me? Do you begrudgingly serve out of obligation? 
Or do you joyfully serve because you want to? And you're grateful. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 8, it says, For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. And again, God has given us so many different gifts. All of us. God has given it to us, not, not us. No, God has given it to us. How are you using them? You know, I just want to take this time and really lift up some people here. You know, I want to lift up our tech team. All of them. I've come up here and I, I, I have actually, you know, lifted up before, but I didn't even say all the names. And I want to say more of the names today. You know, I thank Ben, ben Hill, Brian Catano, Fidel, Aaron, Sherwin, Marshall, Craig, Jose Quintero. Am I missing anybody? Gianna. Anybody else? The young... <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> um, yes. And Simon, that's right. I think Simon's like new. But that's awesome. That's a huge tech team. I did not know it was that big. That makes sense, though. That's why all this stuff is so perfect on Sundays. Thank you guys for that. Thank you for your service. You know, every Sunday they do this, Sunday in and Sunday out. You know, they get up early. You know, our stuff is not just at church. You know, we have a storage room, right? So they got to go and get the storage and come back and put it in and carry all this in here. And when we're done and we're fellowshipping and we go grab lunch, guess what they're doing? They're packing up. They're sacrificing their lunchtime and their morning time. You know, a lot of you guys are happy, right, about the 1030 service? Are you guys happy that we got 30 more minutes? You know, but that's our sleep time for some of us. And that's when they're working. So let's really give it up for them. You know, I also want to just really uh, lift up the worship team. You know, we got Brian Craig. He's like the rock star of our kingdom. Everybody knows Brian. You know, I was somewhere, I don't know where it was. Um, I'm not going to put the brother on blast, but there was a wedding here, <laughs> and we're eating, and, uh, and the brother was like, is that Brian Craig? Brian Craig's at your church? He does their worship? And uh, I remember Brian took a selfie with him, and the brother looked so nervous. I was like, that's like our brother Brian, but it's just funny because that's how everybody sees him. You know, Brian is our rock star. You know, he's so influential with so many of our songs. We're blessed to have him. You know, I visited some of our other churches here, and they still sing a cappella. Not because they don't have the talent, but there's a lot of things that go into it of leading worship. You know, and I also appreciate the fact that Joe Perez could step in today and lead our worship. He did a great job. So awesome. And, you know, we have so many people. We have all the worship uh, singers and leaders. We got the people that play the instruments. You know, all this is vital. You know, I also want to just lift up Rudy Casillas. He's somewhere over there. I see him. I want to lift him up because every month he helps with feeding the homeless. Every month. I think it's the second or third week. And it's something that I'm weak in. You know, it's not one of my strengths to always remember the poor and always serve the community. And I promise I'm going to join one of these months, maybe next month. But I appreciate it. I hear so many great things about it. They're always out in the city. They're making food. They're making lunches. They're encouraging people. And it helps a lot of our younger Christians as well. So thank you, Rudy. I appreciate it. Let's give uh, Rudy a hand. And then I'm just going to start listing some of them because I don't have so much, too much time here. But, you know, David and Mary Atkins, they're always helping with the Hope Worldwide. Let's give it up for them. I don't know if Maureen Gibson is here, but she's always helping out with the beauty pageants, with the foster care. 
Thank you. You know, I was in foster care myself, and, you know, uh, it's good to have people believe in you and give you encouragement when your parents aren't around. You know, there's even people that organize meals to be delivered when someone is sick or giving birth or gave birth, excuse me, or had surgery. Not probably giving birth, but I had birth. That'd be kind of weird. They brought lunch. Hey. Um, But that's awesome. The fact that they don't have to cook lunch, they don't have to clean up. You know, I can't wait until one one day I get sick or have surgery. I'm just kidding. I haven't experienced that yet, but uh, I think that's just so cool to me that people sign up during the week from Monday through Friday, food to be delivered every single day. And then even just all the different people here that open up their homes uh, for devos, for dinner. For dinner, I remember uh, a Sandy Ketch and Holly Toomey, when I was in the team ministry, they would always have us over, always feed us, like, you know, a lot of food. There's, like, more food, guys, and we're guys, and we eat a lot of food, but there's still food left. You know, I appreciate them so much. Um, and then all the other people that sponsors for teen camps, for, for chemical recovery, Hope Youth Corps. I mean, there's just so much that we have here. You know, and these are great examples of what a functioning member should look like. You know, I want to ask you guys, how is your faith? Is your faith active when you're at church? Are you using your faith even at church? Or do you just attend and, te- uh, 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 and focus on yourself or tend to look at the needs of yourself? You know, our Kingdom Kids coordinators uh, should have a waiting list for volunteers, right? They shouldn't have to like, all right, I'm going to strategically cut that person off. They're going to go in the parking lot in five minutes, so i got to, you know... They shouldn't have to be that way. They shouldn't have to come up with a strategic plan. This is not chess, right? They shouldn't have to figure out a way to, to kind of back you into a wall. You know, our ushering team should have several teams on rotation, several, so that we can all contribute. You know, I want to ask you guys, what is one way that you can seek out opportunities to serve out, serve your church? What is one way? Now, what can I do to be a functioning member? How can I express my gratitude for my membership here? And some of you guys, like I just said, are using your talents, are using your gifts. Thank you. Please keep it up. You guys are a great example to all of us. But some of us, you know, we just need, you know, like I said, you guys all matter. And in order to be a member, we have to be a functioning member. And I just encourage you guys. You know, if you don't know what to do, like, I don't know, DK, I don't know what my gift is, or I don't know if I'm, what I'm good in, you know, talk to your friends. You know, talk to your mission point leader. You know, there's always plenty of things uh, uh, for uh, people to serve. So, you know, in conclusion here, what's being a member of the body or Christ mean to you? It's not about paying the going rate so that we uh, have others take care of us while we enjoy a life of leisure, right? Jesus would never uh, approve of this attitude. You know, imagine how much glory God will receive if we were all joined together and served. Imagine the impact we would have in our community. Imagine the, the, the amount of souls that would be saved. You know, let's not lose sight of what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. You know, I came to serve and not to be served. Let's remember that our membership is a gift from God. Let's remember that true membership is when you're a functioning member. You know, I have a quick little exercise for you guys. So if you guys can just stand up for me. Give you guys some blood flow. You guys remember the uh, Pledge of Allegiance? We're not going to do that. But I, have, I don't do that anymore because I don't go to school and, you know, I only do it at sports events. But I, wanted, I came up with a, just a, a couple of sentences, a pledge for us. 
And this is not a pledge to me, uh, but this is a pledge to each other. And just a reminder. So uh, repeat after me. I am a vital member of the South Bay Church. All right, that was good. I understand that my membership is a gift from God. And I will not take it for granted. I promise to use my gifts as a functioning member. Of the church to bring glory to God. Now look to the person to the left and tell them you matter. Look to the person to the right and tell them I need you. All right. Now you guys can give them a hug and you guys can sit down. Right. How is that? Some of you guys are still saying the pledge. So hopefully that was a good exercise. I know it's a little cheesy, but at the heart of it, that's really what we're about. Right? I know it's kind of awkward to look at someone in the eye and say, hey, I need you. But at the core of it, that's where we're about. You know, we're all brothers and sisters. Amen? Well, you know, I hope that, you know, it helped you just to remember why, you know, some of us made that decision. Uh, you know, to make Jesus Lord. You know, we all have our own stories. We all uh, came from different backgrounds. But what I love is the, the similarities, the things that we share, and that's Jesus. And, and that, that's Jesus sacrificing his life for us and giving up a son so that we can have this relationship, all the friendships, all the, the forgiveness of sins. So as we uh, take communion, I want you guys to think about that and as we meditate and pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, uh, God, thank you for uh, just this awesome, amazing church that we have. God, uh, we have, we're so different, comes from so many different backgrounds and uh, so many different cultures, but God, we, we still share you, and that's Jesus. Thank you for all the, the things that you've given us, the gifts, the friendships, the relationships, the help uh, when, we, when, we, when we go through a hard time or when we sin. God, thank you for the counsel, but God, thank you for making us members uh, of your body. And God, I pray as we take this communion, we remember that uh, what your son Jesus did for us is the reason why we have all this, God, why we have a relationship and why you have forgiven, forgiven us of our sins. So, God, I pray as we meditate, help us to think about you and remember you, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.